Welcome along to the Property Academy Podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. I'm Andrew Nichol. And to the show, we've got a market update. That's right, it is data day because we have new data out from the Real Estate Institute of New Zealand, which takes us through to the end of December. So we can look at well, what happened up until the end of 2021. Now, there has been a lot of chit-chat in the news about the market recently. So what I want to do is jump into the numbers and see, well, how is it going? And at the end of this episode, we're going to play a little game for anybody who's ever watched the social network of hot or not, which regions are hot, which ones are not. Now, let's start with the biggest growers from the last 12 months. So which were the areas of New Zealand where house prices increased the fastest? Well, ding, 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 it was... Starts with a C and rhymes with Heistruch. <laughs> That's right, it is Christchurch, which house prices there increased amazing 34% in a single year, according to the house price index. Now, remember, this is the best data we have that tells us, you know, how a house price is moving up or down. So, Christchurch up 34%. That's pretty similar to CoreLogic's numbers, which suggested it was up 38%. Now, what's important to note, this is the highest of any major metropolitan area by quite a considerable margin, by about seven percentage points. Now, Andrew, I know you, for instance, will be hoping that that continues. (laughs) Why is that? Well, I thought selfishly you meant because of my investments here, but actually, over the break, I responded to... You got yourself in a tiz, didn't you? Oh, look, I shouldn't actually respond to some of these comments that get me all hot and bothered on the Property Investors Chat Group, but there was one particular lady that was talking about how Christchurch was going to drop along with everywhere else, which I completely disagree with. The fundamentals are completely wrong with her argument, and it is still undervalued in Christchurch. Anyway, I then put to her that we might put a wager for $1,000 to the others. That was the, $1,000? $1,000 to the other person's charity of choice. Anyway... She's come back and prodded the beer and she said to me the other day, do you want to withdraw your bet yet? And this was a day after I saw Tony Alexander agree with me. I mean, obviously he listens to the podcast and gets his data from there. And so I posted that news article and said, no, but I'll double down. No reply. So anyway, there has to, no matter what, there has to be an increase of 5% or more. You're going to go buying up properties, pushing up the price (laughs) just to win your $1,000. I would absolutely do that. Now, second equal was New Plymouth and Queenstown. Now, to be honest, I feel vindicated indicated of the thing that we've been talking about for a long time on the show, which is our undervalued, overvalued model. And the reason I feel vindicated is the two places which have been a bit undervalued and I've talked about on the show are obviously A, Christchurch, but B, Taranaki as well. I've been talking about that since I think about April 2020, saying that Canterbury and Taranaki are probably the two regions that are most undervalued. Queenstown there was second equal. My view of that is that's a bit of a bounce back from the lower prices that we've seen. So definitely Christchurch and New Plymouth are the winners there. The slowest growers in New Zealand though, Andrew, of at least the major metropolitan centres. So Dunedin, 12.2% over the last year and Wellington, 18.5%, which, I mean, it's hardly slow, but it's slower. It's slower than the rest of the country. And this is always the important thing. We know that from running the data, 
basically, depending on where you buy a house in each of the regions, most of the regions increase in value at roughly the same rate. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't try and find the right property because there is going to be variation within a specific region. Not all houses within one region are going to increase in value at the same time. You but, hear that, Lynn? <laughs> but why we still recommend looking at regions is you want to invest in a region that its medium-term prospects over the next five years might be better than everywhere else. So again, these are two areas, Dunedin and Wellington, which we've always said have been overvalued. Now we see that come through in the numbers where it's had slower growth than some other major centres. Now, what I have been reading in the media recently is this talk of a slowdown. So I wanted to see, are we seeing any of that in the numbers? Now, what's important to note is that house prices did fall by 1% between November and December. Now, what's important to say, though, is that's not that unusual. We do see values move around by small amounts month to month, especially with an index like the Ryan's House Price Index. But there are some areas that did stick out to me. So over the last three months, Porirua, over that three-month period, fell by 0.5%. Lower Hutt fell by 1.6%. Now, it is too early to call it a trend, but I do think that these are probably some of the markets, those areas just outside of Wellington City, that will show signs of weakness earlier than some others. Simply again, it's been increasing like bilio for the last six years. So we're expecting that those areas are the ones that might be a bit overcooked. And we're potentially starting to see that in the numbers with very, very small house price drops in Lower Hutt and Porirua City. Now, Andrew, is there any other evidence of some sort of change in the market that we might be seeing? Yeah, so we definitely have seen the number of properties sold in December 21 down 29.4% compared to December in 2020. So fewer properties are selling at the moment. And I guess part of this, I think it was about August 2020 that we all came out of lockdown as a nation and we had all the savings in our bank account. And as we saw that the market had a bit more resilience than maybe the media had portrayed during that lockdown, I think people were out there buying quite a lot at quite a drastic rate. Also, at the same time, we've had inventory on the market increase. So the number of properties that are on the market now are up almost 30% compared to last year. So just to summarise, in the last 12 months, number of property sales are down 30% and number of properties available for sale are up 30%. What's clear is that we don't have the same momentum as we had last year, but remember 11 out of 16 regions still have less than 10 weeks worth of inventory. So I wouldn't say that we've got a complete equilibrium yet. Well, what this is kind of showing is that the market appears to be losing momentum, but if you've still got over half the number of regions with less than 10 weeks worth of inventory, then you've still got some momentum. It's just not as much as we had 12 months ago. That's the same as saying the temperature has dropped from 50 degrees to 30 degrees, but 30 degrees is still really, really hot. Yeah. So I think we are starting to see that momentum really dissipate as it has been for a wee while. Now, what's surprising in all of this, though, is although we are seeing the number of property sales down and the number of properties available for sale up, we're still seeing a very, very high proportion of properties being sold at auction. Now, when the market is hot, you tend to see lots of properties sold at auction. The reason behind that is that auctions are the most competitive sales process. You're getting people literally to compete with each other in a room. Now, in a cooler market, auctions typically aren't the best sales choice because 
if you've only got one person bidding in the room, who are they bidding against except for the auctioneer? So because of that, I'm somewhat surprised to see that Gisborne and Auckland are still selling a huge number of properties in auction. And in fact, Canterbury and Northland had the highest proportion of sales ever come through auctions since the records began in 2005. 42.6% of properties sold in Canterbury in December were sold at auction. Now, I can't remember the exact figures, but it wasn't that long ago where that figure was about the 20% mark, or certainly in the 20s, when we were first started recording this podcast in 2019. So it is a wee bit surprising that we still see so many people selling at auction. And in fact, Andrew, I think you've just pulled out your phone to message that person back on Facebook to talk about auction clearance rates. Was I right? No, oh, absolutely. There was a, honestly, Mr. McKnight, <laughs> what? Being my teacher. Well, I just know these things about you. I'm also you. chewing gum. Spit it out. <laughs> now, spit something else out for us, Andrew, which is what is the big unanswered question in all of this? Well, I guess how much of this, the fewer properties selling and more on the market, is down to the changes in ability to get finance in the triple CFA? And let's say that John Bolton's petition to Parliament is successful in, and there manages to be a, a change in the legislation around how the triple CFA is applied, will we suddenly see a lot of momentum back in the market? Well, I think what's most likely actually just on that with the triple CFA is we probably won't see a change in the legislation, but we might see a change in the responsible lending code or the regulation underneath the Didn't I say how law. it was applied? Same thing. You're just dressing it up differently to take credit. Maybe I wasn't listening to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Welcome. Now, time for a game. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> it's time for your favourite game, the game of hot or not. So this is where... Your old buddy Ed McKnight talks about the hot regions, not necessarily the ones that are increasing in value the fastest, although in this case it actually is, <laughs> but the regions that we expect to be hot and the regions which we expect to be not hot. <laughs> so first on my list, probably does not surprise you, I've been talking about it for a long time, New Plymouth and Taranaki, still one of the more undervalued council areas in the country at about 6% last time I checked. Of course, can't go past it, Christchurch, despite the fact that it increased by 34%, it's still, by the last time I ran my numbers, 15 to 17% undervalued. Bear in mind that it was 25% undervalued. Yep. Now, lastly, I've picked one, a bit of a wild card. If this was the Australian Open or the New Zealand Open, this would be my wild card slot. You can tell I'm a tennis fan. I'm going to put Whangarei on my hot list. It is still in the top 25% of council areas that are undervalued, most undervalued. And it's what I'm calling Auckland adjacent and that we will see people like all of the investors Ilsa works with can't afford to purchase in Auckland anymore, perhaps because of triple CFA, perhaps of other reasons. So they decide that's it. We're going to go to the next closest city. Hamilton's a bit expensive, so we'll go up to Whangarei. Now, on my not hot list, first of all, doesn't surprise you, Dunedin and Wellington, areas that we've said are overvalued for a long time. Next on my list, I've got a wild card, Tararua. Now, Tararua has had house prices increase just astronomically recently, up 27% over the last year. Now, Tararua is one of those areas and other places like Akataton and the Hotta Whenua, which has had a lot of growth simply because Wellington was so hot. Now, because those areas are looking quite overvalued, I've put them on my not list. So I quite like these little games that I we play. I know you do. So we might end up well, playing. you say we play, I've 
I've just been replying to messages on Instagram, but you you play with yourself. <laughs> Let's wrap it up there, but please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. It really does help us get the message out to more people. And hey, if you want to learn more about property with Andrew and I, come along to our next webinar, which is on Tuesday, the 8th of February, 7 p.m. We're going to be talking all about new builds. So given that all of this change has occurred from interest deductibility, potentially DTIs, LVR restrictions, all of that stuff which favours new builds, how do you find the right new build? How do you find the right developer? How do you make sure you've got the right clauses? And how do you make sure you've got your investing in the right new build for you? That's what we're going to cover. So want to come along to that? Tap or swipe over the cover art. I'll put a link in the show notes or just go to opuspartners.co.nz. You'll be able to sign up there. Six the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Edward Knight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics, and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.